0: Some people say that board games can be a form of art, that they can help us to see ourselves more clearly or reflect more fully on life's meaning. And if that's true, could board games help us to think more fully about the hard stuff of life? Not just fun and adventure, but also grief, or loneliness, or death. We are exploring death in gaming on this episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersection of religion, spirituality, and board games. Hello, welcome everybody to Board Game Faith. It is so good to have you here. My name is Daniel Hilty.
1: And my name is Kevin Taylor.
0: And we are grateful that you have uh, decided to uh, punch that button or click on that link and spend a little bit of your day with us.
1: Thank you so much. And it's always Thanksgiving Day here at it Board is. Game Faith. We're it thankful. is.
0: We are, you, the dear listeners and viewers, make it Thanksgiving yes. Day. Every day. Every day. I've, I'm going to go eat some turkey and stuffing right after this, in fact. Yeah, and pumpkin pie
1: because of our viewers and listeners. Not really. Daniel's going to yeah. put on 40 pounds <laughs> recording over the next year. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> Kevin, it's good to see you as always. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, doing fine. Um, yeah. Oh, guess what? I'm going to do Monday. <gasps> what are you doing? Guess what I'm going to do Monday?
0: I'm so excited about this. I have no idea, but I I can sense I the I'm going to
1: do a demo of the Apple Vision Pro. No, I've got to return something to the Apple Store, and so I looked and I could I booked an appointment. I get a 30 minute session. You I get you to can try. You can book a demo. Yeah, you can book a demo. That's get amazing. Like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. It's
0: do you, you know already what you're going to do?
1: Yes, because you can go on YouTube and you can kind of see basically the the little training. They're going to walk you through like watching a movie and, and getting a screen up, like browsing the web, they'll kind of show you some basic stuff. So yeah, okay. I kind of know.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Please tell computing. us all about it. I will. I, I will. Do they have podcasts on the, uh, on, on the, what is it called? Apple goggles, goggles, pro Apple, Apple, <laughs>
1: Apple. <laughs> Tim Cook is going to kill you. Apple vision pro. I'm sure Apple there vision are tech pro. podcasts about it. See, I think thing, we should do like a virtual board game faith
0: podcast on it where we could like be sitting in like a, doing it right now in a, if that's, that's I mean, perfect. Like in a board game library and we could be wearing like, um, like tweed jackets with leather elbows uh-huh. and, and our backs could be against the camera, but that when people walk in, we would turn around and we'd say, Oh, hello. We didn't see you. there." <laughs>
1: And then we just start talking about, and it would be in virtual 3D. I think that would be... That would be so great. That would be great. Or we could go there and not have them on and just claim that we have the invisible model and then just actually (laughs) weird. Sort of (laughs) just like pawing the wall, you know, with your hands because you're (laughs) fighting a dinosaur and you insist that you actually have an invisible pair of Apple Vision Pros on. We should do... That's probably the
0: next next step in Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. Well, please let us know about it on the next show. That sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. excited.
1: I'm excited. Anyway. Cool. Cool. Well, today we need a little excitement because we got a heavy hitter on our We do. On it's a heavy topic. subject. Yeah. Yes.
0: So do you have a, a fun way to uh,
1: kind of lighten the mood a little bit before we begin? Funny you should say that, Daniel. Funny yeah. you should say that. Um, there's a word that I have gotten to think about recently. Mm. And that word is compelling. Compelling. What a good word. It's a good word because if it's something that if you do it, do if you do something and someone says that was compelling, that is a really nice affirmation.
0: It's very, it is very, very affirming. Yeah. Why is it nice? Why is it nice? Um, because it demonstrates that they found what you said to be something that engages with them, that motivates them, that maybe even inspires them. Um, in other words, like they, they didn't just let your words wash over them and had no effect on them. They listened to you and that that have an effect on them.
1: Is that right? Is that what you'd say? Yeah, you're, you're right. That's kind of what the word means in some ways i mean a def a, a definition from the uh, cambridge online in a, a online in into online etymology I and mean, etymology is the study of words that may or may not be about insects so an right. online etymological dictionary. Right. A right. drive or urge irresistible by physical or moral force. So it's kind mm. of you've made something that's irresistible. Irresistible. Right? That's a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think I like it's it. a great word because it has such nice sounds. Compel. Compel. Like it has the O draws out, the L is soft, and then the M and the P and the C are like harsh. So you kind of get a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I like it, it maybe great... my new one of my new favorite words. Yeah. Compelling. So compelling. Want to guess where it comes from? Where does it come from? So is is calm meaning like with? Yes. Like the Latin That's from Latin. Like Latin. Excellent. Excellent. C-O-M. <laughs> what is what is, is a wake Forest grad here? Yes, pell you're not going to no, know no, unless no, no, you no, just no. randomly into dictionaries. Pell. Pell.
0: Pel. Um is um, from the uh, Sanskrit uh, word meaning um, Velcro.
1: Not bad. Not bad. No, I, I don't yeah, know what, Pell means. Proto- no. what does it means. Yeah, it's a indo european wor- root okay. word. Okay. P-E-L, pel, means to thrust, strike, or drive. Now, it okay. forms the part of many words. Can you guess some of these words? This is the game.
0: Thrust, strike, or drive? Hell. Um, Propeller. Propeller.
1: Good. Ding, 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 ding. Propeller. All right.
0: (laughs) Um, Or propel. Yeah. Propeller. Propel. Yeah. Impale?
1: Mm. It's not on my list. It may be. We'll put a little asterisk. Okay. We'll give you 1.5 point. We'll give you 0.5 for that. Oh, my. It probably oh, this does because you're being, you're I wish, being I wish thrust I upon impaled. Yeah. Impel. Um, I think impel we, to pelican? impel something. So impaled is probably the version of impel. Yes. Yes. I'm going to give you full okay. points. Two points. Yes. Whoa. I don't deserve
0: yeah. such grace, yeah. but thank you. I, I, surely not pelican. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pelican Unclear. <laughs> <to it somehow>? <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. Okay. But strangely. Uh, You are, yes, you're not far. That the word pelt, pelt, because can you guess why? How do we get a pelt?
0: Um,
1: pelt is the skin of an animal,
0: right? Right, we drive the skin, yeah. You cut, I guess it says that's kind of what it's saying here is.
1: Or it's implying that you're striking, you're having to tear the skin off. Yeah, so yeah. because it comes from that same idea there, it's not a metaphor, like a it's not a compelling play, but you're impaling the skin.
0: Okay. I wonder, you know, there's also the verb pelt, meaning like you throw with stones. So, you know, like yes, you, you, ax- you, Well done. I well done. Right, yes, that's yeah, another one. Yeah. Three points. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. 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 Huh.
1: This is great. Um, What would you do with a car? If you really wanted to clean it, what would you do? If I wanted to clean it? You would also do it to a table. Um, Two syllables. Could be thought to be similar to someone from Poland. Polish? Yes. Polish Polish comes from this as well polish. Interesting. I guess you're interesting. You're, you're driving thrusting, right? You're, you're driving the dirt yeah, away. driving the dirt or away. The, the, the,
0: the, sh- the schmutz the away. Schmutz wow. Polish? Who knew that Pell had so many, yeah. many I, I, um,
1: Do you want to go ahead? You got one?
0: No, no. I'm still thinking.
1: Go ahead. Go you for it. You could use it in the sense of getting rid of things like people have some bad thoughts or something in the room and you can if you did something you would two syllables has "pell" in it expel yeah actually it wasn't what I was going expel. for I was going for dispel but okay. expel expel oh, yes would work too okay. yeah okay 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 cool I, I like this what about in um, the middle ages when they wanted to throw something into your castle catapult yes, catapult this is the really? best root word ever
0: that is the best root word ever. I, I, interesting. So polish, catapult, expel, they all come from the same root word.
1: Yeah, it, it obviously is, I don't know if it has to do with past tenses or what, but it kind of morphs, but this is what they're saying. They also give push. Push comes from it. Repel. No way. Repeal. Repel, that makes sense. That makes sense. Repeal. repeal. Okay, yeah, that makes Repel sense. Repel or rappel. Uh, Repel down. That's, that's not rappel. It's r- I'm getting confused now. All the words repel, are making me. No. You can repel something and you can repel down right, a right. R-A-P-P-E-L. Right, right, Yeah. Right, right.
0: It's. It seems to me like like half of the English words come from, <laughs> from, from this root. That's amazing. You. Know, we should. I oh. think we should spend the rest of the episode only speaking in words that come from Pell. <laughs>
1: Please. <laughs> All right. Enough of game time. But yes. I,
0: I like, I like that. I like it. I wonder. Now, does, does please, does please come from it? I wonder. It's fine. It's fine. We can talk about it later. Yeah.
1: Not that I know I'm not seeing it here. I'd have to do okay, a little okay. more okay. research. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: That is fascinating. Thank yeah. you. You know, it, for our listeners or viewers who may be enjoying this, it reminds me, uh, it's been a while since I've listened to the podcast, but a, an excellent podcast out there. Um, that I listened to I I used to listen to is Board Game Blitz Hmm. and they would end every episode with an etymology just for the fun of it it was really cool so if you like etymologies if if they're still doing that I'm not sure but you can check out Board Game Blitz
1: because words are games after all kind of Words words are games after all yeah, but today's topic, Daniel. Thank yeah, you, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, that was yeah, nice. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I like it. So yeah, so today we are talking about this. It was a good, a good kind of uh, more lighthearted way to start the episode. This this episode maybe a little bit heavier, but oh, we won't go too heavy. But it's it's an episode about death in games, death in gaming, and I'm grateful, Kevin, for for your willingness to go along with this. This is a subject that I had suggested. Um, it just felt to me like you know we we talk about how play and games relate to so much of life and it 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 made me wonder you know well how might play and games relate to kind of the hard stuff of life too mm-hmm. kind of is um and so could we talk about what what could we what might games or play have to reveal to us about about death as well um and and I think maybe a helpful way to talk about to begin, might just be to say, you know, how how is death represented in games? Um, you know, because you know, it's the, it's the very, uh, I mean, this is not original to, to to me or to us, but you know, it's it's the very nature of games to abstract something, everything, really, in a way. You know, games are. an mm-hmm. In from some perspective, an exercise in abstraction. Right. You know, they say this piece of wood represents a sheep. Right. You know, right. and and this roll of the dice represents luck in life. And you know, and so everything is an abstraction. And so, how how have we seen death abs, death abstracted in games? How 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 is death represented? Any any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it, it depends on the piece, doesn't it? So if if mm-hmm, you think mm-hmm. of a chessboard and you're it's it's you have two bishops, uh, the bishop of Winchester. Well, see, they're not they're just abstractions. They're just bishops. But if I say it's the bishop of Winchester, and he's fifty eight years old, and he has three cousins, then now it's less abstract because I've given him particulars. Right. You don't care if right. he's a real abstraction. He's just a piece. He's just a word. He's just a bishop. You don't really feel it. But right. if right. you if you connect with that piece or that character through story or action or something, then you might feel his death and beyond just an abstraction. Is that, right, is that fair? Right. Yeah. So
0: the more it's, yeah, yeah. So the more it's abstracted, the kind of the more emotionally removed we can Yeah. Be. We don't even think um, of the pieces, so right. you
1: took my piece or you, you took it off the board, but we don't, you generally speak of you killed my bishop. You could, but I don't think most right. chess players say that often. But if you're playing D&D, you don't talk about the characters coming off the scenario. You talk about them dying because they feel real because mm. they have real human.
0: And then it is a lot more emotional connection, yes, right? Yes. Because, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot less abstract. It reminds
1: me of creative writing. You're supposed to have lots of good particulars. You just don't want a guy. Yeah, you want yeah. a guy that's five foot seven with a stubbly beard and red hair. And he has a bit of a limp. Right? Like those are the particulars that make us believe a character and connect to the character.
0: Why is it that we come to care more about something the more particulars we get about it? I, I wonder. That's such a good question. I don't question. have an answer for that, but I...
1: I don't know, unless that's maybe just the way we experience life. We know life is filled with particulars. And so yeah, to yeah. connect to life, you know, it's... It feels it feels unreal, or surreal if it yeah, is yeah. too um, universalized or too abstracted. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. Yeah. So we don't care about triangles or yeah. math. Right. But if that was little Johnny's favorite, um, you know, math shape and he, I don't know, some kid yeah. l- made fun yeah. of him for liking triangle math homework, then you're like, oh,
0: <laughs> Right, no, that was emotional yeah, connection, connect. a
1: human connection.
0: Yeah, so so yeah. So on the basic level, most basic level, one way death is abstracted in in, in games is like it's like in chess, just removing a piece, mm. right? Yeah, like so a pawn comes forward, captures. You're right. We talk about capturing, right? But in a way, it's a kind of death that, the, that they they yeah, remove a piece they can't from the game back. And, it's, and it's gone, right? And I think you brought this up in kind of our some of our pre-show notes, Kevin. That it, it, uh, that's maybe a fundamental way that death is represented in games is that it, it permanently changes the state of the mm-hmm. game, right? That that there was a piece in this game, and now it's gone. Right now it's now it's absent, and it's not coming back. Right, kind of that that sense of permanent, permanently changing the game. Does that sound fair?
1: Yes, although the game itself is temporary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's never permanent in a game, right? Because the game has to go back in its box. Right. Right so insofar as it can feel temporarily permanent yes right which I think philosophers I mean like
0: Bernard Suits you know who we often talk about who wrote the grasshopper this kind of magnum opus of the philosophy of games um, we talked about in previous episodes you know he kind of has this thing that you know from a certain cosmic perspective like everything's temporary too you know what I mean so like that's Hmm. But but that's maybe a different a different category.
1: I forgot he said you know?
0: that. Well, how about we get to that at the end? Okay. How about we okay. get to that yeah. at the end when we talk about lessons? Okay. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, well, and I so yeah. So any other ways that death is abstracted in games? We can remove a piece. Um, a piece can change, but in some in some way, the state of the game. is is permanently changed until the end of the game, at least. Yeah, or it could just deal with the
1: topic of death. So it could be that the game itself is is relating to themes around mortality, which there are some games that seek to do that. So maybe in some ways every game has, well, I shouldn't say every, because if the game's about like trees, photosynthesis, maybe some people connect to trees deeply, but I would think that's not a common response. You don't really care about the tree. You care about the trees because you want to win, but you don't emotionally care about their survival. So we tend to care about animals that are human-like, like like dogs and cats, barely. (laughs) I'm a cat owner and um, I don't know why. So because they're so like, inhuman is what i'm partly joking about but uh yeah it has to have human-like qualities <laughs> ultimately we don't care about minerals we don't really care about the sun and we don't really care about say bats but animals that have human-like qualities such as love or devotion or friendship or or look us in the face that have faces like ours mm-hmm, we connect we don't mm-hmm. connect with an octopus because they mm-hmm, don't really look mm-hmm. at us but but a dog or a cat so yeah, if it has those characters, we connect and we care about their deaths. But I don't think if a game, I guess I'm debating if all games are about death, but I'm not sure they are because some games are either too abstracted or they're not really about people. Like Monopoly, you don't experience death in Monopoly because it's about right, property. Right. Right.
0: Or Uno. Or, or Uno. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just
1: math. Um, yeah, but some games yeah. either directly or indirectly do deal with questions of mortality so like dead of winter which i've never played but evidently you're you're kind of or this war of mine are games where people are trying to survive and when you're dead you're dead in fact that's a hard bit with games is player elimination
0: right right
1: like it makes it fun uh, some
0: players really go into yeah but some players don't yeah yeah the player elimination aspect can make can make games And I would argue no one likes it really if hard. you get
1: eliminated early on because then when you do and that's the hard right. bit. Right. Even in a game like Koo, right. which is it, well that's player elimination but you're stuck there 5 or 10 minutes just doing nothing watching. So right. That's a tricky right. issue. So well that yeah. might go ahead. No, just some games use it well like like Nemesis because that is about survival. He felt like the designer um, Kwapinski felt like he had to include player elimination and he tries to build a way that if you die, you can control the, the, the aliens, the monsters. But, you know, anyway, it certainly heightens. Here's to your point. The death heightens the drama of the game. Player elimination heightens Mm -hmm. the drama because now you can actually be out of the game. It makes Monopoly very dramatic. But it's also not it fun. raises the stakes of raises the game. stakes of the game. You might not just lose. You might actually just have to sit around and watch other people play. Right. Or they send right. you on a beer run or something. <laughs> which I think. Yeah, hey, let's get Daniel us, on the game. Music. He'll go buy us drinks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gang up on Daniel. Um, which is a good segue maybe to some examples of death in games. But before we do, I, I just, maybe I just also want to say a subject we've kind of danced around with. Of course, you know, it. it you talk about death for very long. You 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 can't help but talk about grief, and of course, grief is a very difficult and hard subject. And you know, I I don't I don't think this is an episode about grief necessarily, but we just want to acknowledge that that of course, you know, grief is such an un, imp, important and unavoidable right. response to loss. But but this episode itself is not necessarily a in depth look at at, at grief. Right. It's more just kind of thinking about death as an abstraction in games and what we can learn from that. Mm -hmm. But certainly the grieving response to loss is, um, so important and so huge and worthy of its own, of its own, um, a lifetime of lessons and and conversations, but,
1: and there are people um, that have written how games help them process their grief through various things. And so, yeah, that's really another top, another day, another topic. But yeah, the yeah, games have yeah, played, a, yeah. played a part of people's yeah. working through some elements yeah. of their grief.
0: So what are some examples of death in games? We're talking about chess already. Um, but what are, what are some other, you, you mentioned Nemesis. Mm-hmm. What are some other examples of death in games? Well,
1: one would be a game like Werewolf, which is like the Mafia game where people, again, player yeah. elimination and people can die. So how does that work?
0: I've only played werewolf
1: once, but basically that's the thing where like you close your eyes, is that right? And then
0: the werewolf comes around and (coughs) tells you you that you're dead or something like that. You didn't play that? I've never played the mafia game. Interesting, because that was a big deal
1: back when we were growing up, but not, I guess did not get to, uh, out into Missouri, but yes. Yeah. There's a whole, they can trace. It came from Russia. Some people have been at Russia and then it managed. Yeah. There's a weird, they can trace the direct history of this game. In fact, why it's mafia based? Because it doesn't have to be mafia. Interesting. It, so it's it's the same mechanism as yeah. The Werewolf, Werewolf game. just took it and made it more standardized with cards. Reskinned it. Interesting. But yeah, but everyone has a secret role, mm. and one person can eliminate other people. Okay, right. And you right. have to have a okay. game master to run it. Right.
0: Who, who uh, doles out the who doles wolves, out the like roles. you're a werewolf, yep. you're a
1: villager, things like that. Yep. And okay. then they, they okay. so every, every night somebody, the werewolf kills somebody. So it gives you clues as to who might be the werewolf. All right.
0: And death in that case means you're sitting out of the game. Right. Right. But isn't there still some role that you can play like as a ghost or something like that? Am I, am I, am that I,
1: I, it's been so long I don't since I've played they werewolf. have that there. They might. The, uh, the game that people really like that I would love to play, Blood on the Clock Tower, has that as a mechanism. and They can even vote somehow. Okay. So Werewolf might have something, but but I think it's very limited okay. what you can do. But there, there is a kind of death. Right. You're out of the game, but you don't create a persona. You don't really care about the persona. All you care about is winning. So I think the death there is really more of just a label. It's not a real experience. Yeah. It's player elimination, but it's not. Right. You don't yeah. really... More in the loss of your character, like you would in say D anD D, where evidently there are big campaigns where people die and they cry because they, they love this character so much mm. and they built and now he's dead. They play that guy for That's years. Yeah, I could see you why that would be connected. Yeah, this whole backstory,
0: a source, a source of yeah. grief. Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: You you um suggested huh. village, which I don't know exactly, but there, I vaguely know of yeah. it. Yeah yeah
0: village is a game that um, um, that I have that I enjoy I haven't played it as much as I would like uh, like to but it but death is a very integral part of that game that you have these generations of village workers village families and village um, people village people you might even call them that's right and um, and it and you're trying to construct a YMCA in the middle of the village. Because it's um, fun to stay there. It is. Um, in fact, you feel compelled to stay there, if you will. You feel compelled to stay at the YMCA or to go in the Navy. <laughs> um, and then you can, you can do that too. Right. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, so you can... Uh, and, and th- these, these village people, these village families, um, there are generations of them. Like, 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 let's say I control the purple meeples. These are represented by meeples, right? And let's say I'm the purple player, so I've got all these purple meeples. The purple meeples have numbers on them, one to four. And first, you start off with the number one meeples, because this is the first generation. And they go around and they do their work. But eventually, the first generation is going to die off. And then the number two generation starts to do their work. And eventually the number two is going to die off. And as the meeples die off through this mechanism that's built into the game, um, potentially you could bury them in the cemetery. There's a cemetery outside of the village. This is all represented on a big um, game board. And um, based on what they did in their life when they were alive, uh, you can get points on where and how you bury these meeples in the cemetery, and it's I think it's called kind of like their legacy, like a, their book of legacy or whatever. And so if they, you know, worked in the I forget now, let's say like the woodworking shop, then they leave a legacy of good fine carpentry in the village, and and uh, and so and then that's that's an end game. That's a source of end game points mm. as well, and and so. Um, there's a sense of um, death is this natural part of this game. You you have generations of meeples that die off, and how that's kind of how they lived their lives uh, corresponds to um, to the end state of the game. And it's interesting. Mm. I I find it really interesting. It's it's very much changing the permanent permanent state of the game, as much as you can change the permanent state of a game. In that, you, so what, you what it's these done is that you would rely on. It,
1: yeah, it's built in a, a death mechanic, if you will, because they age and die. Yeah, and then it's built in a memorial yeah. mechanic where you are remembering. Right, right,
0: which yeah. is really kind yeah. of
1: cool, huh? Yeah, there. So that's 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 an I example. Got, um, this this isn't in our notes, but you're reminding me. I've been trying to work through a little bit of ISS Vanguard, which I finally got a copy of. Yeah, After kickstarting it exciting. in 2004, I think. <laughs> I think I kickstarted when Daniel and I were still in college. Anyway, because somehow I clicked on second wave delivery. But uh, it has okay, a mechanic okay. that I've only played a couple of scenarios. And don't worry, I've already lost. Um, but eventually, you get, you get a bunch of different characters. They get yeah. cart. You get You get a trapper keeper. For your ship and uh, you, the ship thing, yeah, it, it, it is. And yeah, so yeah. these are my people that are in the med bay. That's so it's cool. crazy. And there is a section. If they die, there is a memorial wall, and you uh-huh, slot them that in is there. Very similar. So, so, so far, no one's died. But yeah, you do get, um, and you do rank them up. That they get to go up in levels. So I can see that you. There's not a specific backstory they do have unique art and names which gives you a, a specific you know a little bit of connection and i think there's a book that might give you some backstories like that's an extra okay, you can order okay. but you do level them up which does connect you when you've we when you've seen someone grow you've helped them grow that's another way we bond i think with creatures and mm-hmm. which would include yeah. uh, plant life like when you grow a tree if you plant a tree and grow it, you kind of – you would be sad if it died. Yeah, So that's I true. think that's true. watching something grow is also another specific of how we – being part of their story and connecting. Gloomhaven's got that's some of that point. as well, that you retire your characters. Mm-hmm. You, they don't die, but in a sense, you lose control of them. Yeah. And what's – I remember – Yeah, there's a lovely Gloom- bit where one of the mechanics, when they retire, you – you put a, a new card. Uh, there's event cards, basically road cards or something, uh, town cards and stuff. You put that in the deck, and you can meet your your old character, and that is a really cool thing. i would never seen anyone else do in a game.
0: Sorry, the character. You t- so you moves have this on, character, you're not in control over You that person open a anymore. box,
1: right? You have no, you have no idea anything about this 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 turkey. You know anything about this person? They just have a symbol on a box, and there's a few you can pick. So you pick blind. You get a box of the symbol you open up and you're a little mouse king or something little mouse dude and you help him and he grows through certain levels and you go all these adventures and eventually when he meets his goal he retires and that triggers a card to go in this event deck and you may later be at the tavern and you see that guy over there you know and i oh, thought that was so cool it's like a memorial wall you're like oh my rat guy look he's still doing stuff but i don't get to control him anymore interesting huh yeah so
0: one thing I think it's coming out of the last few minutes of this talk here is the sense that sometimes accompanying a death mechanism in a game is also a memorial yes. mechanism, right? A way of remembering.
1: Right. Hmm. That
0: might be a kind of a, a good lesson from games on that, just the, the
1: importance of Remembering. Jenny and I have commented. We've that? seen some people that have died recently. There's there's kind of a trend to maybe not doing funerals. I don't know if you've seen this, but they just have a private family thing, or they didn't yeah. want a funeral. And while you want to respect yeah. the deceased's wishes, it really robs everyone else of a chance to say goodbye. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it does. It so does. there's someone yeah. that we knew at the church yeah. that has died that – we would have gone to the service and it would have been a comfort to us and they're not having a service. Despite her being yeah. a lifelong church yeah. member, she kind of has opted. I think it's like weddings. Uh, funerals have become very uh, personal, private experiences. Well, I shouldn't say personal, private because yeah. um, weddings are public, but th- people want them unique. So they're in destination places and they're they're much more decentralized. Right, right.
0: Yeah, we that's such an interesting yeah. observation. Yeah, we had we had that at a church where I was pastoring once too. That there was just a beloved, a, a beloved member of the church, on and, and just deeply loved by the congregation, but their their family were not in the congregation. Mm. And um, and when this person passed away, the family chose not to ha- have a service. And uh, yeah, and that really. That was hard for the congregation. Yeah, just kind of
1: no way of saying goodbye. Yeah, hmm. Time to remember and, and a sense of closure. Otherwise, it's hanging out there. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I could see if, if if I had to make the choice, I might even go against somebody's wishes. They might have said, I don't want a funeral. But I might, in certain circumstances, be tempted to have a funeral anyway, because it's really not for the person who has died. They're gone. It's for the people left yeah, behind. Yeah. And, and it would be hard to deny people a comfort, even if the person didn't yeah, want it, yeah. you know, which might seem kind of wrong, yeah. but they're not part of the equation in many ways, it, would seem to me. Right, right. I don't know if it was a good idea or
0: helpful or not, but what I did in that case, in our in our case, with the person who died and there wasn't a funeral, but the person was deeply beloved, I, I went ahead and just... Um, uh, preached use that person as the primary example in a sermon then like a week or two mm-hmm. later i just kind mm-hmm. of it was it was kind of a eulogy but kind of not right. on on a sunday morning just in a regular sunday clever, morning worship clever. service i like it um but i don't know if it was clear but thanks i just it felt it felt needed just because everyone everyone just really missed this person a lot gotcha. they they meant yeah. a lot to the congregation so um so so um so village is another example of death in games um, uh, I I found myself in preparing for this episode also thinking about our conversation with um, the Reverend Alice Connor a few episodes ago, um, and she you know very much she has this great appreciation for games that I might call like art games you know that like games that maybe have very limited release but are just try to say something emotionally and 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 I, I think art games are like that like I think about train which we've talked about before on this episode on this podcast where there's only like well like three editions of train in the whole world like that but it's this game where you're loading things into a a train and then at the end you realize that you're these are human Mm -hmm. beings that you're loading into a train and they're going to to a furnace i I think it's a simulation of a concentration camp and just the emotional impact of that of, of death in that game you a game you'd only play once you know for um, the horrificness of that and the terribleness of that. Um, Endurance is a game, I think, that from Amabel Holland mm-hmm. that you and I have both had. You've had more contact with, I have, but I have a copy as well. we a story of survival, trying to survive mm-hmm. in the Antarctic, the Shackleton expedition. Oh, yeah. Have you played it yet? And we're, I've I've read through the rules. I haven't played it yet, no. But it it seems like some very difficult moments
1: related to death, both of human beings and of
0: animals in that
1: game. Yeah, and like. you know, that, that's an interesting one because you get a few specifics. You get the photos on the cards and you get specific names. Yeah. You don't get a lot of description, but you they do go through very human moments where they have to eat and then they need entertainment. So so some of the items that you save yeah. from the ship are like the phonograph or I think there's there's a trumpet. There's some kind of musical instrument. And then there's a cat, Mrs. Stibbs or something, or Mr. Tibbs. He's got a funny name. And and, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. they need that for their morale. And so going through that connects you with those characters, even though you don't have a lot of backstory, you don't know about their families or their likes or dislikes, but you do, they seem to feel human emotions because they need food yeah. and they need entertainment and they are afraid and they're hungry. So yeah, that, that's a, yeah. that's a really great yeah. game yeah 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 thanks for suggesting
0: it any, I, any other examples of
1: maybe we should do a play through, since ga- we both have a copy maybe we should do like a playthrough of that that'd be kind of that'd fun because we could set that'd it up fun. the same way yeah. like I could say which what okay. card okay. I drew and then you could find that card and vice versa we could yeah, kind of sync like them that. up or something anyway that
0: would be cool Could I play the penguins
1: what <laughs> I think that impacts your morale too. Like when you have to start eating them. There's at least there's a card that think triggers right. them. Like yeah. they liked watching them. They really didn't want to eat them, but they were starving. I don't know. No, it's a terrible game. I would. I would. Except for it's beautiful I, we could, we could because um, the idea that they actually survived is the whole point. Which is. Against right, all right. odds. They Lifting
0: survive. up just kind of the miraculousness yes, of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the
1: awfulness of it. How is survival possible? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she even designed it where if you played it, you 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 end up doing a lot of uh maintenance, like you have to keep doing the cards till you hit a certain card and there's a lot of cards. And she wanted you to she did that intentionally so you felt the drudgery of having to play like mm. what it was like for them, which a lot of it was just waiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is. It is.
0: I. It is an art game in so many ways. That is an art game. Really you mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. It's geared to creating an emotional Alice Connor's play effect.
1: Played it. Yeah. No, it's very experimental. Yeah. It's very weird, which is why I really appreciate yeah. it. Um. Yeah. You. The other thing you mentioned in. I was going to say legacy games, which can create a certain. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You
0: brought that up, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I know when yeah. I played
1: Pandemic Legacy, like one when cities are dying even though they're cities and they're obviously very abstract I still felt a sense of panic because you're like oh no this whole city With something about the scale of it you don't know anybody in there you don't know any stories but you still feel connected and there's a global sense of urgency of oh my gosh uh, Mumbai is overrun what are we gonna do yeah. And that might've been my so fault. If, we could have, if I could have drawn the other card, we might've saved Mumbai. You could have saved yeah. the site city. Yeah, it's, it's really for, cool. for our
0: listeners or viewers who are not familiar with the concept of a legacy game, how would you define that? What, what is a legacy
1: a game? A legacy game has a limited number of playthroughs and tends to be destructive of the components. There are exceptions, yeah. but in, 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 in a classic legacy, once you've played through it, 10 15 20 times whatever it's more of like a D &D campaign um it has a set story but you may also destroy cards and and mark up the board which is really exciting in itself it's kind of like a loss or a death and that you can't play it Mm -hmm. again like Mm -hmm. there's no going back unless you cheat and replay the scenario you could do that but or house
0: rule it so the state of the game is permanently changed from one play to another like from you put it back in the box, the next time you take it out, you're not going to play it the same way you played it the first time. Because like you said components yeah. have been ripped up. Or the board so it's super exciting. The yeah,
1: the events have a yeah. certain poignancy to them. Because if car, if you have to tear up that card or put that sticker on, yeah, no going back. Versus a game that's yeah. infinitely yeah. resettable like most most games are. There are some legacies that try to not destroy stuff. So by cards, they... Alter and then you can reshuffle the cards. So Vanguard does that. It's it's a playthrough, but you don't ever destroy the components. But certain cards will mark out certain other cards. Um, so it does have a sense of risk and one wayness and interconnected stories. But um, so it's not, I guess, a pure Legacy game. Yeah, Legacy games can connect you to the board and the game in some powerful ways. Yeah, Um, I'd like to see Legacy Uno. (laughs) <laughs> not the red one. Not the red one. I really... His <laughs> wife just left him. <laughs> no, not Red not, Six. Not Red Poor Six. Red six. six. <laughs> <laughs> he just got second. I remember Red <laughs> Six.
0: <laughs> but we should. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We should get really elaborate shadow boxes <laughs> that we then memorialize random Uno cards behind them. <laughs> can... red, red six, <laughs> yeah, that
0: sounds. People are like remember that time when red six uh, and blue green and blue green, green, two, green were two were in the park and they were like rowing against across the lake and.
1: and then I have a then big party and up, I have and... that shadow box memorial wall of my Uno cards and this people are. The non-gamers think this guy is really into games and I don't know how to play Uno. And then the gamers are like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. (laughs) Like Everyone thinks you're a little insane.
0: (laughs) If we ever do Patreon, this would be a stretch goal. It would be a stretch Um, goal. Legacy Uno with the permission of the, is it Hasbro that makes? Oh yeah, they're going to definitely give us permission to do that. Yeah, I, I don't see they'd have any concern with yeah, that. Yeah, no. I yeah.
1: think it's positive use of their game. That's right. That's, see right. <laughs> that's great. That's great.
0: Um, so, well, you know, I, remember, I think we were talking about closing the last section of, of this episode being t- talking about lessons of faith from death and games. Like, what can we learn about matters of faith um, from death and games, and I think you've already you've already named one, Kevin, that wasn't even in our notes. Which this, uh, but you brought it up, kind of from a few different angles. But this, just this, important of this importance, this the importance of naming and remembering and having a way to remember and name, in the face of death. Right, right. That I mean, that these games that build in a memorial wall or a cemetery or, you know, whatever. Or seeing your character again in Gloomhaven after kind of the grief of letting them go, that that that's an important part of the human soul's response to to death and loss, mm-hmm. right? A way to to name, to remember. I'm glad that you brought that up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And although death is terrible, it does make human life kind of precious in a in a mm-hmm. um, in, in a weird way. Like it it makes it makes our time on earth and the time we have with others much more precious knowing that it is limited. And while Mm -hmm. that's not a primary goal of games to explore that as an art form, they certainly have a freedom to explore it and they can explore it richly in kind of an art type setting as as you're commenting earlier or a legacy type game. But yeah, if it reminds us that life is precious and the particularities of life are precious, um, That's, that's pretty neat. And, 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 and that- The particularity is like the name, the story. Yeah, the the name, the stories. The legacy. The legacy, the, the value this person had. It's like in Vanguard, you know, this person helped us because Vanguard's about humans making first contact and reaching outer space. And that's not a spoiler. I'm only in scenario three. So, uh, you know, if that's part of the story, then you value their contribution to the larger mission type thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when when games do that, that's pretty great to remind us to be grateful for the time we have, and grateful for others, and naming what makes them special.
0: Yeah. There is such truth and importance in remembering. I'm trying to figure out a way to describe to describe why that's important, but maybe, maybe it's just what you said that this is it it's how we. Demonstrate the value we've placed on the things that made that person unique or that thing
1: unique. Right. Um, yeah, I just wonder if it's... i mindful of... I wonder if it's just part of being human when, is that we just see the world in a part- as particulars. So if we met aliens, they yeah, may not. Yeah. And we can abstract. We do math and we invent chess and things that are more abstract, but we really live in particulars. You know, this meal, this ta- this yeah. taco is better than the other taco right so that i think that's just right. a basic way of humans existing although in a religious mode we create meaning god created the particulars so Go god ahead. must love them too because god made particulars but yeah anyway
0: right right like dave bindewald said uh a friend of the podcast you know yeah that uh, god it, the, the world conceivably could just exist fine with like three types of beetles or whatever but right we have like hundreds of thousands of species of beetles. So apparently God just really thinks particulars are really cool. Um, Yeah. yeah, And nature is really
1: messy. It's like most fish are not mammals, but there are some creatures in the ocean that are mammals like whales right like like, yeah, like they have a yeah. I mean, let's just be honest biology is a big mess i mean they <laughs> they got all these rules and yeah. exceptions i mean it's worse than the tax code y'all yeah. suck so anyway nature is yeah. a big old mess and that's exciting in fact most while tre- all, well, yeah. all trees look the same most they're actually descended from different prior creatures or, or plants i mean like they don't come from a common really? ancestor yeah I, bought, I saw this thing like interesting like, it's different Forms of life found that form similarly effective, but they don't all come from a single tree. Isn't that wild? I yeah, so they that. have the different ancestors, even if they're all trees. Huh. And then some, yeah, and then there's such Thank varieties. And then some, you know, some can live underwater like aquatic plants, and then some live up in the trees with no soil. There's, um, there's something like mistletoe mistletoe grows in okay. branches doesn't need soil at all it's so weird really i didn't yeah. know that i'm never uh, going outside again no it's with terrifying could things
0: take root <laughs> it just in, in the air it around it could you. propel yeah, me
1: into a propulsive mm. impalement mm. anyway you that were going to say uh, something i think i kind of ran over you that there was good. i apologize
0: no 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 well no it's just it i, I was just thinking about memory the importance of remembering, it just it caused me to recall something that we talk about in church sometimes about like um. So speaking of etymology, as we had at the beginning, um, you know that to remember, you know, is, you know. Literally, to kind of you know put the put the members back together again. You know, like you, to, right. to, to, you know, if 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 at least at least you can see that in there. You know, if re is to do something again, and then so you remember when you when you remember, huh, somebody something. You're you're putting yeah. the members of the body back together again. You're you're creating that reality again. Mm-hmm. You are remembering mm-hmm. it. Um. So. So that's so that's one lesson: the uh, importance of memory. What are some other, any other, what other lessons of faith do you
1: think we can learn from death in gaming? I mean, this is kind of mystical or trippy, but we could also say that death is not the end, and and while it's mm-hmm. painful, there we could say that some games remind us that there may be uh, something beyond it, and that's from a religious point yeah. of view. And different religions look at that in different ways, whether it's resurrection or or heaven or eternal rest or maybe becoming a part of the larger web of life and type um, you know so but the idea that somehow death is a doorway I guess games could remind us of that in the sense that they end and they begin yeah Uh, which
0: eternally in a mm -hmm, way eternally you can you can you can put the box away and take it out forever (laughs) if if, you if you yeah yeah, that was something that hit me as we were talking. That there's kind of like, I like that. In some ways, games are about the permanence of death. You know, like the, the, the permanent changing of state. This, I guess, they calling back to the beginning of the episode. You know, like within the system of the game, it's about the permanent changing of the game, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 pawn takes kills the bishop right. right and it's gone forever for the rest of the game but in another way they also represent very well kind of the impermanence of of death um and and i i guess i'm a little bit hesitant to talk about this because it is not comforting to those who are sure, grieving. sure. so i don't I, i'm not offering this it may as be a comforting to comfort some, to some grief. but it may not
1: right so to, the, right, people right, will right. so
0: so yeah. So this is not but a grief you know, counseling
1: moment. This is a mortality exactly. theorizing. Yeah, I think that's a good point to say. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I think in Christian theology we might talk about it as resurrection mm-hmm. um, or the new creation, and, and 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 certainly not exactly the same idea, but some some similar themes in other faiths as well. And one of the images from Buddhism that I have found um, especially compelling. Wait, I was what? trying to use a compelling <laughs> word there. Sorry. Wait, sorry, I found that less uh, than compelling, uh, uh, image, Daniel. Oh, sorry. I should have, I should have, I should have emphasized it more with my voice. An image from Buddhism I found especially compelling. Oh my god, that um, <laughs> is. Um, and 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 of course, as our listeners know, I mean, I'm I'm not Buddhist, so I I can't I can't speak definitively as somebody who practices the. But, but your next favorite from what I've read, Is that fair? Probably, yeah,
1: well, I would put I mean, it there. It's probably I, I my like, second I like, favorite. I like them all. If God all, banned like me from but, Christianity, I might um, go Buddhist. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> but there's this image. <laughs> the Lord will let me back. <laughs> cannot be
0: a Christian. Yeah. Um, Hail Shiva. There's this image in Buddhism that I, that I love. And honestly, it has, it has probably become one of my favorite go-to images of eternal life, um, even in Christian circles. Um, which is the image of the ocean. I don't think I've talked about this on Board Game Faith yet, but if if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But um, the image of the ocean, right? And I, I guess I got this from the writings of Thich Nhat Hanh, who just died recently. Um, but he says, he, think, he says, you know, think about God, the universe, life, whatever you want to call it, as the ocean, right? And, um, and each one of us is kind of like a wave on the ocean, right? And, and there, there's a time when you can look at a wave and you can definitively say that's the start of the wave, right? Mm-hmm. That's when that that's when the wave begins to emerge out of the ocean. And you could say you could say that's that's the birth, right? That that is the birth of the wave. You might say that's the birth of, of my life when I'm born, right? And then there's a definitive moment when that wave goes back into the ocean, when that you could say that the death of that wave, right? When it when it stops. But he says, you know, is that wave really? born and does it really die? Well in some ways, yeah, but in some ways not, right? Because what happens? The the water that made up that wave, it just it's just going back into the ocean mm-hmm. again, right? I mean the, the water that made that up has not gone. It has not disappeared. You know, it, it's just gone back into the ocean. And I love that image and, and, and he talks about that as a way of kind of the impermanence both of birth and of death, kind of the illusion both of birth and of death. Um and and in a in a way in a way that's not really good to think about in terms of comforting for grief for all people. But in a way, that's kind of what... I mean, games can kind of do that too, right? That you play this game, you play this system, and there are permanent changes in this game. Your rook takes my bishop and everything. But then what do you do? You put it back in the box, you put the uh, box back on the shelf, and at some point in the future, you're going to take the box back out again, Mm -hmm. and you're going to play it again. And there's my bishop again, and there's the rook again. And, you know, and and it, it can kind of be this model of both permanence and impermanence in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does any of that make sense? No, no, it does, it does.
1: I mean, if... if, Reflections. If if we find connections between games and human life, and if God created the world as partly as a game, which is what uh, Moltmann suggests and others, you know, have Mm -hmm, played, mm -hmm. toyed with that idea, then maybe we're playing various games in this life, but God is the great, you know, game master. And, and yeah, there is hope for a a game beyond death. Yes. Yeah. If life is a series of games. Yeah. So no, it does make sense. And did you know that uh, Augustine talked about God compared to the ocean as well? St. Augustine. No, Yeah, he has a great bit where he says, when we talk about God, it's kind of like, a child who's collected a pail of seawater and talking about that seawater. So like we can look That's at so I mean talk about it, but the truth is whatever we know and see of God, God is actually this, you know, vista of just water to the horizon. Yeah, it's a nice I That's love so it. Good. That's why Augustine's so good. Just, he's got his problems, yeah. but man, when he crackles, it sure, crackles. Sure. Did you know there were
0: Buddhist missionaries to the Middle East um before the time of Jesus? Um
1: um, I've heard this. Yes, I've heard. I, it is, yeah, I, we don't usually think of. Is it a little apocryphal? I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. But but I mean, it's, it's, it's theorized anyway. that it certainly was spreading. And Buddhism, we don't think of it as a missionary religion, but it really is. That's why right, it spread right, so many places. Right. So they definitely were sending missionaries. That's how it got to China mm-hmm. and Japan and Taiwan. Yeah, and everywhere. I just. I
0: mean, there's no way we can know. But I just wonder when I hear those parallels between Augustine and. Buddhism or people often point out the some similarities in the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the Buddha. Um, um, It just makes you wonder, you know, are these are there some historical connections lost to time that that will never really know. Yeah. um, loss of time is a
1: great, great way to put it, because we just it's hard to know because there's not enough evidence. But it's certainly plausible that people were traveling and trading and talking up stuff and ideas were. uh, Ideas get brought in. I mean, look at New York City. You got yeah, yeah. Chinatown right beside Little Italy. Right,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, Kevin, I feel like your your part of this episode has been very compelling, uh, and uh, I don't feel like there's anything else we can do to polish it off.
1: We have repelled but, um, down this, this, this cliff. We have.
0: That's right. I think we should just bid our our um, our listeners and our viewers farewell and um and uh maybe wrap this one up uh but thank you so much thank you this was your this idea i was like i don't know and, about this but, and, but you're and,
1: right there's a real there's some real topics here to think about so well
0: thanks for being willing think, to it good good idea This to was do it good. And thank you well and th- thank you and thank you to our listeners and our viewers we really appreciate you it's it's an honor that that's you right. spend a little bit of your day with that's us that's right we re- we can't say how much we
1: appreciate each We've of you. We've got a
0: newsletter. Next episode. Read our
1: newsletter because it's yep. great. And like and subscribe. Yep. You and can sign up on yep, Linktree. Yeah, give us a comment on yep. on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or the player of your choice. Next yep. episode, we go to talk about uh, kind of death again. Is that fair? Ormard, a little bit like death, yeah. Yeah. it's It's a book club episode. Yep. Yep.
0: A book called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals. And I'm excited. To Oliver Berkman, share. if you're so.
1: listening, we liked your book. <laughs> he read it. It was an amazing yeah, book. Yeah, it really is a good book. It was book. really good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Kevin, listeners, viewers, thanks so much. Goodbye.